0: the road to hell is paved with good intentions, but what if those intentions were more sinister from the beginning? I'm Nikki B, a resident pop culture expert, here with utopian history expert Danny McCarthy. We're going to take a deeper look at the sci-fi movies that we love and see if maybe what we always thought were warnings were really blueprints. Join us as we pull up the crimson threads in our beloved cinema. Welcome to The Road to Hell.
1: Welcome back everybody. This is the Road to Hell episode number two. I am Danny McCarthy. I'm Nikki B. Today, Nikki, I'm home from work and excited to go
0: and hang out with our own cabal of people tonight. So
1: right on. All right. Well, today we are talking about a 2017 movie called The Circle starring favorite American actor Tom Hanks and one of people's favorite English actors doing a American accent Emma Watson she really
0: really a favorite I thought she wasn't very well liked. really she's very 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 feministy like lots of well I thought that was her draw I guess maybe some people like to be yelled at and told how to live their lives I'm certainly not one of them right I guess it makes sense with her character in this movie
1: though (laughs) yeah so we're just going to run through this if you haven't seen this one you probably should check it out. Uh, We were talking just before this how it's maybe not the greatest movie ever made. uh, Certainly not. But it's just got a lot to it. It's got a lot to think about. So we figured it'd be a good one to talk about for reasons that will be very clear shortly.
0: What's funny for me is, well, the reason I suggest this is because I've been wanting to talk about this movie with anyone for, for over a year now and nobody's seen it or nobody wants to talk about it. And... I saw this movie probably like right at peak pandemicness here in America, and it struck me very, very odd with some of the themes in this movie and the fact that the first actor to, like, come out back then when, like, high profile to get COVID was Tom Hanks. And I kept seeing all these other weird parallels with Tom Hanks kind of being involved with, uh, we'll say, forces greater than ourselves, and it just... Seemed really weird. And then to at the same time kind of get this movie plugged in under my nose, like, wow, like we're just pointing it out right there, saying say the quiet part out loud as I put it.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was kind of this movie because the Tom Hanks character is kind of portrayed as the bad guy. Like, if there is an antagonist, it's sort of him, I guess. But at least that's someone like me watching this movie.
0: I think that's the intention.
1: Right. Like, you're supposed to hate him. But as I'm watching it, I'm like, this guy reminds me of real life Tom Hanks. Like, I don't really see how this is different. I mean, now, of course, uh, maybe in the past week, Hanks has been in the news because he did this Biden one-year anniversary. Did you see this?
0: That's not normally the kind of thing that I would stumble across, but it doesn't strike me as odd either.
1: I I heard about it in passing. It was some commemorative making it one year, Biden kind of thing. And Tom Hanks narrated it. And it's just really odd. And it had that sort of, well, it just reminded me of his character in this movie, this sort of false, I don't know, this, this overweening liberal to it, which I just find very disturbing. Anyway, uh, Tom Hanks is definitely, he fits the role. I just was disturbed, I suppose, by his portrayal of the character, because it seems like that's kind but anyway, maybe I'm getting ahead of myself.
0: He's super nice. He's just the nice guy. I mean, you know, you think back to Big, you think back to the Burbs, the Money Pit, all these great movies of my childhood, and and like you can't not like Tom Hanks if you're one of those people to believe in saying Antichrist. I mean, he's he's fitting a lot of them a lot of what you'd expect that to be. I'm not saying, I'm not saying, but you know, saying.
1: Yeah, he's also been. I don't know if he's doing this anymore. I guess he's. Sort more political stuff ever since the whole Biden Trump fiasco, but for a while there, he was making a bunch of documentaries.
0: I was unaware of that.
1: Yeah, I don't know. He was narrating some of them and producing a lot of them, and I, I guess the I interested in big historical events. Uh, he produced a lot of documentaries that just sort of provide you with the the standard you've heard it a million times narrative of things like World War II and whatnot. And I just kind of that always struck me well. Is this movie listed as a documentary? Uh, well, do you, the first thing that jumped out at me as I watched this movie was that one of the production production companies is called Likely Story. So documentary. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah, that's like, really, guys. Likely Story.
0: Look, I've I've stood by it. I've, I've always questioned people as to why the company that owns Google is called Alphabet. Yeah and i just thought it was their way of advertising that google's just another alphabet soup agency
1: pretty much it's 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 a little too on the nose for it to be a coincidence in my opinion
0: and you got to imagine that these people want to have a little fun if they're trying to control the world right
1: right well and there's something to when you when you name so on the nose it's almost as if implicit in that is the idea that you'd have to be a crazy person to think that they would actually name it something that obvious. So it, it's kind of like a defense mechanism almost like if we were really doing that, if we really met here an alphabet agency, we wouldn't literally call ourselves alphabet. So clearly we're not that. Yeah. It's like the opposite <laughs> of he who doth protest too much or something. So
0: let's, let's get into the, this movie here. Yeah. We, the, the, the general mo- consensus of a movie is a girl gets a job at like a super awesome company, like Google or Facebook called the circle and essentially the the company treats her incredibly well so well that it begins taking over her her entire life and as the movie progresses she gets more and more involved with the company until eventually she turns on everyone in humanity and gets rid of all privacy for the rest of the world forever that that seemed like a pretty concise synopsis of what the movie is there it
1: is that's there that's the whole thing (laughs)
0: it's weird the way it unfolds because the entire movie, like you're like, that, that's really how the decision that you would make in this situation. I mean, we're talking, she literally moves on past like a friend of hers being dying and she's partly responsible for it. And somehow it just manages to push her deeper into clutches of the, this overarching ideology that she's dealing with.
1: Um, it's, it's just a lot For this person to take on, I guess. She's just, she's a bad person. And she's an idiot too. I mean, she's very, well, we'll we'll do it. She starts off, the movie opens with her by herself in nature. So it's a very stark juxtaposition to where the movie ends. Um, And I think that's probably supposed to be a, you know, we begin in nature. She's kayaking by herself. And then her solitude is interrupted by her smartphone ringing, and then she's got to go to her shitty job.
0: Call center.
1: Yeah, that's how we set the scene. And then, you know, the movie does movies do where her car breaks down, and that lets us know that she's poor. So that's our introduction to the character, right? Her life kind of blows.
0: Well, not to get too off, like, I mean, there's some little things in this that just blow my mind. Like, did you hear the phone call when she's at her shitty call center job? like I think is is also there is designed to do something specific because it isn't it, it's over like the guy mixed up a mixed up the numbers and he owes them 13 cents on his bill and so she's calling to tell him that his he's late on 13 cents
1: <laughs> yeah yeah it's like this is this is the kind of work that could be automated basically yeah
0: and moreover like companies are so awful that they will badger you and make your life crappy over 13 cents pretty much (laughs) so what's she going to she doesn't works for a good company
1: yeah her friend gets her a job at this place called the circle which It. i mean it's a tech company but they seem to specialize in everything they make phones they make laptops they have social networks everything
0: so i don't know if you've ever heard this uh there are only two things that a company does, either bundles or unbundled services. And they are a bundling company. The, the main guy created a software that was designed to basically integrate everything in your life. And so the end goal of this company, and it, it keeps going further and further down that rabbit hole is to make it so that this service takes care of everything in your life. And you know, they, as time goes on, they make it seem like, oh, the, the, why, why do you need to have 15 passwords? You just gotta have the one thing that takes care of them all, you know, just let's get, let's integrate everything in here.
1: Right. Holism and convenience are the motivating uh, yes. ethics of this company for sure. Uh, we see this theme over and over again, everything should be in one place. How nice would this be? And uh, there's also this sort of idea the bringing everything under one umbrella is sort of the culmination of human potential in a way, right? Like the only reason everything's all spread out is because we're not doing as good as, we but if we improve our technology, we'll be able to streamline the human experience.
0: And you know, you gotta admit there is something a little, uh, something a little exciting about that prospect. Like as a person, God, I mean, you think about all the time you waste in a day, just jumping through all of the different hoops for all of the different crap you do in a day. That's that's why I, I, the the Facebook login thing, where every website allows you to use Facebook to log into it. I mean, h- how many of us are still digging ourselves out of that? Because God it made life so much easier for the time they do it, and then you realize, oh crap! Now Facebook controls how I log into everything out there. And I don't have a way to access my web, anything else without getting through Facebook first. And, and you can undo it, but it's a pain.
1: Yeah, absolutely. It's, uh, again, in a world where we're being, everything is being sold on the basis of convenience. And then you recognize that the only way out is convenient. You're just disinclined to disengage, right? The incentive is always in the direction of convenience. And uh, who doesn't want things to be convenient you know it's the reason this stuff is so scary this technological over it's scary because it is alluring you know if if no one was attracted to it then we wouldn't be talking about it or concerned about it at all but it is alluring i'm attracted to it myself you know It's like, well
0: <laughs> we're like the people that are all on edge about this. I'm like, ah, God, it's,
1: I mean, it sounds right. good. The reason I'm so concerned about this stuff is because secretly I would love to have robo-eyes. You know, I'd love to be able to, do all, all of it, the the superhero kind of men. Yeah. Programmed into the, the prospect of transhumanism. Of course, it's alluring. That's why I'm worried about it because, well, I know I'm being sold. Well, everyone wants to be greater than
0: they are. Mm-hmm. You know, and it, when it seems like that's possible, why not? I mean, everyone's afraid of death, and so like the idea of somebody be able to make you live forever—that sounds
1: great. Uh, yeah, why wouldn't you want to be uploaded into a computer?
0: Well, more importantly, why wouldn't you want to have some supercomputer out there figuring out exactly what you need to have vitamins and mineralized and vaccines, and just you show up in the morning, it, it emails you your shot into your like little shot thing. He shoots you up every morning make sure you're perfect. Mm -hmm. Sounds awesome. But there's always something else on the other side of that. Of course. Because human beings are human beings.
1: That's right. So uh, the the building itself, I thought this was kind of interesting. The circle head. I assume it's in California. I assume it's Silicon Valley. I don't think they say actually where they are, but Um, we'll call it California.
0: Well, Golden Gate Bridge is there.
1: Oh, is it? I didn't even notice that. Right. Yeah, okay. there's like the, that's where she's kayaking. Oh, you're right. Okay, so it's definitely California. The headquarters is a smart building. Basically, the whole structure of the building has been integrated into the internet. Because when she walks in, immediately the the actual has synced up with her social media stuff that's in her phone, so that when she gets into the elevator, it it personalizes her experience. Right? It decorates the walls and photographs from her facebook account or whatever again the internet is sort of reaching into her personal life her persona online and then bringing it out and projecting it and again that's also something that's really disturbing to me the idea that something could just personal files and put it on display
0: we will we will get get more to here soon because that that that's a major plot point in the movie is that you know her one of her good friends from childhood is one of those people like us who just kind of wants to be left alone, making his art out in the wilderness and it does not end well.
1: No. So who is this guy? His name is Mercer. Uh, when her, I mentioned earlier that her car breaks down before she gets her job at the circle. He's the actual who comes and helps her and fixes her car. Cause he knows how things work. He's a real boy. You know, he doesn't live in the tech world. He gets his hands dirty. He goes outside and he's the the foil to her uh, moving entrenchment into the technological world throughout the movie.
0: Absolutely. And he is someone who clearly, he, he has made his decision that he doesn't need this. You know, he's just going to take his ant- uh, deer antlers that he finds and he's going to make them into, what do you call it, chandeliers.
1: And so that that's a fun part of the movie. So she, May, May is the main character if we didn't mention that. Uh, she takes a picture of one of Mercer's chandeliers, meaning well, puts it online, and of course, of course, these Silicon Valley millennial vegan types flip out on this dude for making chandeliers. Because he's a murderer. Mm-hmm. He's a terrible person, he's exploiting the animals, that sort of thing. And it ruins this dude's life, basically, like he has to go into hiding, because everyone is just on him constantly. And she's sorry about it, but more technology would be the answer. She never at any point in this movie seems to really take a step back. Or if she does take a step back, it's immediately followed by two steps forward.
0: Well, she's given every opportunity to make the, the decision to say, maybe we need to think more about this technology that we're using. But she, she sits there and, and she says the line in there, well, you don't, you don't get rid of the tool because somebody's using it wrong. Or, you know, just because it doesn't work perfect doesn't mean it can't be fixed, that, that, that mentality. And, I mean, once again, it's, it's hard to argue that, yeah, there probably is a way to make this work. But what's going what's gonna to go in the meantime? We did skip a little bit past, I think, prior to the meeting with Mercer that first time, like when he act- and all that stuff breaks down. It actually is when she decides to go live. It starts with a, they, they make a politician wear a video camera to show everything that they're doing and they call it going transparent. And so she and thinks it's kind of a silly idea, but, but she she's having a, a hard moment because of her family. She ends up breaking into a, uh, what do you call it? Ends up breaking into a, the kayak place, goes kayaking and ends up getting in a storm. And you know, as she's like saved by a helicopter, and the helicopter's like, she's like, "Oh, thank you! I don't know what I would have done if you hadn't managed to." Don't thank us. Thank Sea Change. These cameras that they've been posting everywhere for this company, creating like the full on like what's what's the word that we we use panopticon.
1: The,
0: yes, the full on <laughs> panopticon where everyone can see everywhere. Yep. Through these Sea Change cameras.
1: Yes. So th- they explained to her that it the way that these Sea Change worked to save her someone who was watching the police i think it was were watching the camera that was monitoring the store so they saw her break in but then somebody else who was watching seals or some something like that out in the ocean accident and so it's the fusion of these two sources of intelligence coming together Mm -hmm. and this exists i mean look up fusion centers if anyone wants to know more about that where data from different law enforcement facilities into one central location, which, of course, makes it easier to coordinate uh, any sort of action. This is basically what's happening in this situation, but it's just on a much broader scale. And where you're
0: sitting here on, man, that's an awful lot of people knowing where we are at all times. There's the, the moment where basically the Tom Hanks character convinces her to go out and wear one of these cameras on her person, and go transparent like this politician. So she'll be the first normal person to go transparent on the idea that we're our best selves when we're being watched. If she knew she was being watched that whole time, she wouldn't have stole that kayak and she wouldn't have went out and gotten hurt and put her life at risk.
1: Right. So there's, there's a couple of things that we should address there. First of all, for people who might not be familiar, the panopticon is an idea that goes back to 1790 come up the The guy who came up with it was named Jeremy Bentham and I could talk we'll talk more about him later I think but basically the idea of the panopticon was a circular prison circular prison in which there's a guard tower in the middle cells are on the periphery and the guard tower can see out but the cells can't see out so the people in the cells never actually know if there's a guard watching them and so in their minds assuming that the guard is watching them because they don't know, whereas a guard cannot even really be there. It's just the psychology of thinking you may be watched that will police you rather than actually being watched. So this sea change idea is made real in that you actually are always being watched and that fact will keep you in line. So you police yourself, you socialize yourself based on the prospect that you're all watched over by machines of loving grace. So uh, another thing that is worth mentioning, uh, it's the Tom Hanks character who introduces this sea change, these round little eyeball looking robots that not only are they cameras, by the way, it's they data process. Yes. Real. time. So they know your name. They know your temperature. They know everything that's going on in the environment they're watching. Uh, he introduces these. He being the the leader of this company. Now, it immediately struck me. Did you catch his first name? Go with it. Amon. Now, his name is Amon. And I don't know if they did this on purpose, but Amon is chucking these eyeballs out into the crowd, these sea change cameras. Now, Amon just happens to be of the Egyptian creator god. Okay? (laughs) He's the the high god of ancient Egypt. I mean, look at the names of a lot of the ferrets you find, Amon Hotep and stuff. It's acknowledging Amon as their god. Uh, Some people say, Amen from, although I'm not quite convinced of that. Point is, the offspring, the most prominent offspring of Amon in Egyptian theology was the sun god, Ra. Ra is sometimes a E and pronounced Ray. So I thought it was just an interesting that we've got Amun Re in Egypt. And the, the symbol, the highest symbol of Egypt is, of course, the eyeball, the eye that's always watching, the all-seeing eye. And in this... Mm-hmm and May, spelled M-A-E, M-A-E, and the eyeballs. I just thought that was an interesting parallel. I don't know if it was on purpose, but...
0: Once again, we got to go back and read the book.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because for... that was a little on the nose. So I, I'm hoping it was on purpose, but I don't know.
0: I, I mean, everything in here seems pretty on the nose.
1: Let's see. He, I have one quote, too. Let's see if it's worth reading. Oh, yeah. So this is the introduction of the sea change cameras, he says, there needs to be accountability. Tyrants and terrorists can no longer hide. This is the point of sea change. It's one of the points. See, this is going to cities around the world. This is going to save us from the the animalistic parts of the human soul. It's a utopian pitch.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: If we're all being watched, then we'll all be on our best behavior.
0: Absolutely. Now, that immediately strikes me as false because, you know, someone will always find a way to take control of those reigns and be on the outside of them because that's just how people are. Uh, and the more people you get doing that, the less robust you of a way to fight something like that that you have. But it is, it, it was amusing, like, especially like that they he specifically mentioned tyrants uh, because, you know, politics is at the core of all of this, especially when it starts going where it's going. So, moving along from the sea change thing, May is now transparent. Uh, she's ruined one of her friend's lives because he got pulled into her transparency and made him more transparent than he wanted to be.
1: Right. And so he comes to at at the circle and kind of explain to her what she did and make her realize what the problem is. And at one point he says to her, he, he mocks all of these, the systems that the circle employs the thing that our real-life technology does. Everything's measured in likes and smiles and frowns. And he's like, that's babyish. You know, like, you should have left the idea of people judging you with these silly stuff. Should have left that back in middle school. But now this is just bringing all this childish crap into adulthood. So that's one of his criticisms, which I wholeheartedly agree with. Uh, I'm even skeptical about emojis. Use your words, come on.
0: I, I have friends that do, do entire discussions and emojis, and it weirds me out. Yeah. Like, I don't understand what you're trying to say.
1: Use words, please. Right, right. I'm a word guy, for sure. Well those people that talk in only GIFs. Yeah. Yeah, there's a time, but not all the time. And that's basically how people in the circle communicate. Their job is measured, basically, in terms of how many smiles they get. Uh, so, anyway, Mercer comes, and he's critical. Of the circle and what it's doing. And her response to him questioning this advancement of technology is to basically call him anti social. And he's like, What? Like I want human interaction. She equates that with being anti social. Thought that was really telling because you know, you see that I can see that becoming a reality.
0: Meta anyone?
1: Right. Oh, you don't want to be on the metaverse social?
0: No, I want to I go out with the people. And it, it's frustrating because there's a certain degree which you want to watch this character make the right decisions and not give up on humanity. I found it interesting in that, once again, we have a main character of a f- movie who just pretty much uh, thinks humanity really needs a lot of work. And maybe they're the person that can help.
1: Yeah, she's she is kind of like... Uh planet of the apes except she's the one who blows it up
0: exactly
1: but you know spoiler alert speaking of her basically deriding mercer as this antisocial weirdo as she's not that cruel about it seems to think that you know this is progress that's necessary and she really wishes that he would get on board you know she's not like vindictive or anything she's naive i think and part of the reason is these people going are telling her things like people who partake in individual activities, people who are concerned with privacy and don't post everything to social media, that's a sign of low self-worth, they say. Uh, catch that part?
0: Oh, absolutely. And meanwhile, I'm just thinking, how many children out there are committing suicide because they can't live up to the reality that they're trying to portray? Which is one, again, the problems of sea change is that yeah, you don't act your greatest. You act like something you're not. You act fake. And eventually the schism between reality and what you're portraying gets to be too much. And we have you can see it right now. Look at all the kids that commit suicide. Look at all like all of the ah, all of the issues with uh, body dysmorphia and shit that we, we're dealing with now that are way worse than they've ever been. Because everyone's trying to put on a fake fake life for everyone else.
1: Everything performance. And that's what you see when she goes transparent. And she's transparent probably for, I don't know, a couple months? I don't know if it explicitly says, but it's a while. And every time they show her, all she's got a smile on. She's smiling while she's brushing her teeth. She's narrating everything. It's like, you don't do that. You don't, Who's smiling when they're brushing her teeth? It's weird. But she is because she's being watched. Every second. Once well, she's got that She's got
0: that constant morphine drip of people feeding her comments and, oh, we love you and blah, 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 even after it goes horribly awry and is incredibly destructive right, to the lives of people that she knows. When she accidentally tries to see what's happening on her parents who kind of get pulled into this scam because her dad has a terminal illness and one of the doctors in the, the, this utopian world has an, in, taken an interest in his ailment. It's him signed up on the plan and you know was working to help everything and then ends up accidentally turning on a camera while her parents are having sex and broadcast it to millions of people across the world
1: yeah it's rough
0: I mean she was she was working it I mean I'll give it to mom on that one but
1: <laughs> yeah so that's sort of the first time her transparency goes wrong she accidentally sees her parents banging and because she saw it people around the world saw it too and they're all commenting on it and blah blah blah. What you would expect. But you know, she still sticks with it. She still stays transparent. But her parents, of course, they look, we don't want this. But they're they're pussies about it. Because when they express to her, like, look, we don't want to be a part of this thing anymore, this transparency of yours, her dad says, you know, it's 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 us. It's us. It's not you. It's like wrong. It's her. You need to talk to your child.
0: He's just thinking, you know, our life's messed up because of my disease and we were doing the best we can, but you know, it's not the kind of life that should be shown, which is othering themselves Mm -hmm. right then and there. Like we're not worth the people worthy of being paid attention to.
1: That's yeah, that's an interesting way of looking at it. There was I I noticed one of the comments that came up when she saw her parents. The deed. Oh, dude, don't even
0: get me started on that layer of the movie. There's so much stuff that happens like in the comments that are just kind of popping on screen the whole time. Like, there's an entire layer of crap going on in that. Yeah. Super intense.
1: I wrote some of them down that really stood out to me. And one of them was there was a comment that said her parents are sex positive heroes. You know, there's always that sort of like woke underlying thing going on in the comments, which. I don't know. I don't know what to make of something like that. Like, okay, the person's not being mean about her parents banging, but it's like people feel the need to almost give permission for shit that doesn't involve just kind of rubs me the wrong way. It's like, who asked you? They're not heroes. They're banging.
0: And like, and why, why is having something privately, like something like that private, such a big deal. And Amen says it at one point in the movie where, he asks why, why that beautiful moment of peace that she had, why his son, who has a disease and can never get out of a wheelchair, can't have access to that. To which I say, nobody who hasn't climbed Mount Everest deserves the feeling of climbing Mount Everest. If you haven't done the work, then I'm sorry you don't deserve it. And maybe it's shallow and awful of me as a person, but there are certain things that require effort. And it demeans them to just hand them out to people.
1: Not oh, I'm gonna, I'll go shallower and awfuler. Not only do you not deserve that experience, you can literally never have it unless you do the thing. I don't care how advanced it is. It's like there's a metaphysical difference between things. You know like the act of climbing a mountain is that. It's not being plugged into a machine and video gaming climbing a mountain. It can it can replicate that, but it's still not it. I I, I'll die on that hill. Like things are what they are. I mean, I person
0: personally, I feel like shit. Like I'm like I'm stealing something from someone who actually did do the work to do that. Right. Maybe, Maybe it's that uh you know Thaddeus Russell's uh Protestant work ethic. Yeah. Yeah. Feeling the need that you have to work and work is worthwhile because it's work. Maybe. Maybe I'm just poisoned.
1: Maybe. But I still think that there to adversity building strength. Now, of course, you can overwork, you could abuse the capacity to work and ruin your life by working too much. But I think you could also ruin your life by never expending effort. If you have everything done for you, you're just gonna be a soft blob, physically and mentally. One of the things that one of the many things that jumped out at me in this movie. Is when Mae first got the job at the circle. You know, Trade is this kind of like nature girl in a way. And when she gets her job there, she gives a high five to one of her higher ups. It's a man. She high fives a man and he's like, Ooh, ow, ho ho, tough. And whenever, wrong way. I know I've said that about a couple things.
0: Well, I mean, there's a lot of little digs. Also in the interview, like it, the interview itself, there was some odd stuff. Like where he's like, would you like to go on a date with me? And she goes, that's inappropriate. And he's right answer. Like that's something that your, your boss should test you on. Like it's ridiculous. Yep. There's also another moment in the the interview that, oh my God, it, 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 bile shot in my throat where he asked her, you know, which is when you make a decision, is it, you know, for, for the better of the individual or the collective? And she goes, well, they should be the same thing. Which to me was just like they—they they can't be the same thing. I mean, like you were always at odds with the collective for the most part.
1: Well, there's a big element in this movie, "Back to the Panopticon," uh, utilitarianism—the philosophy mm-hmm. that the greatest good of the greatest number is what should always be pursued. Utilitarianism was started by Bentham, the Panopticon guy. Coincidence? I think not. Yeah. So, there's definitely that underlying this movie as well,
0: so I can't remember if they if they start like interweaving if they, the the politics start interweaving this into government or if it's the the other thing with um her friend, which one happens first?
1: That's a good question. Hold on.
0: So, I, so they, they, the thing with her friend they they she's at a party on like the grounds of the circle. and this woman mentions how. They're trying to work on something almost pre-crime so that they can instantly find anyone, you know, for missing children with a chip in their bones.
1: Right. Meets a woman who's chipping children's bones and she's like weirded out by it. And it never occurs to this woman who's working on the project that there might even be a criticism of that or a question of it. She's like, well, you you
0: kidnapped if it saves even one life. that that seeds the seeds the idea of what ends up killing her friend which is you go on with this one
1: (laughs) (laughs) well okay first of all we should probably mention that there's a i know there's a lot of things going on in this movie it's probably it might be hard for listeners to keep up but we mentioned the sea change cameras there's also a social media network underneath the circle umbrella you And this is what everyone's connecting through. And the creator of True You, who was also one of the founders of the circle, this guy Ty, he has kind of gone off the grid. He recognizes the problems and where it's going, but he's still present. I mean, he's still at the circle.
0: Well, so specifically his character, basically, he's the the guy who created it and they've taken his creation and paid him off to keep his mouth shut is basically what's going on. Like, they gave him millions and millions of dollars to be involved as much as he wants, knowing he doesn't want to be involved at all, and kind of keeps to himself. Now, he's, because he is the guy who created it, he has all of the access, and they're hoping his distaste for it will keep him kind of not wanting to be involved. But he also takes an interest in our main character, May, and I think he feels like he might have a kindred spirit in, in May. This is also one of the, when uh, we had a discussion about this with another group uh, a couple weeks ago. This was a point of contention as to what all this means, because Ty Lafitte is the most screwed over character in this entire movie. You know, he, it, I think he senses it in the in this the first scene where he kind of introduces her to the computers where they keep everybody's life. Each one of these, like basically underneath, they use the the bay or whatever it is there to cool. it's an old subway platform they're putting all these computer hard drives in that are going to store everybody's lives and yeah (laughs) and i think he tells her a bit more than he probably should thinking that she's kind of on his side but she she's one of those people that's perhaps like a we would call them a a true believer and she she constantly is looking for the goodness and the, and the the utility in all of these things and what it could be.
1: Right. She's got this belief, as she said, that the needs of the many and the needs of the few ought to be the same. And so she's constantly trying to sort of whittle herself down to fit the holes that this new society that's being built around her are crafting. So she's always trying. She's operating on like a sort of cybernetic theory in a way, like adap- adapting to different feedback as it comes her way. So she learns a lesson that this technology company is trying to implicitly get her to learn. And then she gets pushed back. Maybe it's Ty or maybe it's Mercer, depending on the point you're at in the movie. But whenever she gets pushback, she always, you could, I should say before, when the technology is presented to her, she starts off skeptical, but it pushback from someone else against the technology, she's the first one to defend the technology.
0: Which is interesting because we, we we haven't paid much attention to the Karen Gillan character other than to say she got her a job. But we didn't mention that Karen Gillan character who got her the job is one of the, like, basically the inner circle. She's one of the, the 40, I think as they call them. And or is it the band of 40s? Uh, like Gang of 40. Gang of 40. And so she's one of the top people. And as the movie goes on, she progressively begins losing it. Until eventually, she kind of she storms out of a meeting with uh, May and uh, the, you know the gang of forty and disappears and she's gone for most of the rest of the movie. And even in this instance, May's put up watching watching what this is doing literally to a friend of hers. And I think this is this is, this is the I can't remember if this is the first or the second one. So now it's pushed her away, and then yeah, just because of her involvement. And then we get to the. Mercer situation where they they're testing a new feature which is, dude, it's the best thing ever. We're gonna see if having all this information on everybody in the world mm-hmm. is, is gonna allow us to catch criminals quicker. And so they test it out on a woman who murdered her kids but escaped justice. And it takes them what, nine minutes? Yeah. Ten minutes to find this woman and bring her to bring her to the police. Well then they, they say, Well, who's someone that you know you haven't seen in a while and you wish you could reconnect with? And, and everyone says, Mercer, because they remember them, the, the horn guy. At which point, all of these people chase him down. They find his, it takes eight minutes, something like, something stupid. They find his home, and there's people on, you know, m- motorcycles and trucks that are banging on the windows to his house trying to get him out. And eventually, he, he t- makes a run for it because he doesn't want to be, he doesn't want people here. Like, he's now been pushed out of his safety net, gets in his truck, and starts running. At which point there's people in the motorcycles and trucks chasing him down the fucking highway. And there's drones banging on his window trying to get his attention. And the end result is in an effort to try and like save himself, he, he jars the car and drives off a bridge. And she watches her friend die in real time. And the end result is not to look at what a horrible thing this technology has done to think about how more of this technology could keep it from happening.
1: The company uses the death of Mercer as another sales pitch to say, look, this could have been prevented if every single car on the planet had computers in it that would have detected that the edge of the road was coming up and would have automatically stopped the car. That's the sales pitch that Eamon makes the the next, uh, whatever they call it, like Dream Friday is where they present their new ideas.
0: And if you are unaware, this is something that is now actually within our government's, uh, it's been written in, I think, in the most recent uh, I- omnibus bill that we're going to have, uh, what do you call it, stops in our vehicle or, you know, kill switches yeah. that police have access to, things of that nature moving forward. I think they got five years to implement.
1: Jeez, yeah. Well, it's it's in this movie, at least that's what they present as a solution. Uh, Tom Hanks' character. No
0: disturbed young man can hurt themselves. Exactly. There was no disturbed young man. There was a man trying to protect himself from the mob.
1: But if you follow the logic of the company, he was a disturbed young man because they've automatically pathologized anybody who doesn't want to be in part of this circle system. Movie, it's actually when May decides to go transparent Her and Eamon go back and forth on this idea that, uh, and by back and forth, they don't mean they're arguing. They go back and forth in agreement that secrets equal lies. Oh my God, that's so disgusting. They put, it's in big letters on the screen. Secrets are lies. And to your point, you mentioned uh, Eamon said that he's got a disabled son. And so not only are secrets lies, privacy is theft. Uh, So May says that basically every human being deserves to have every experience of every other human being available. And right out of the gates, that presents this idea that someone against, well, what are they? They must, by definition, be a liar and a thief. And so that's what Mercer was. He was a disturbed young man. He was a liar and a thief. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Like, this is such a bad movie to have so much in it. And it's frustrating.
1: I know. Did you notice? Um, well, first, did you see Zuckerberg's Metaverse launch video?
0: I think I saw part of it. I, I, I was completely uninterested in it.
1: Okay, well, I know what it is? It's interesting because if you watch it, you notice he and the people that he has featured in the video—they use the word "experience" about six hundred times. Experiences that you can experience in real time. Experience. It's. You know, Because obviously it's not an experience, so they need to force-feed this idea to you that it is an experience. And uh, I thought it was funny that at one point in the movie, Eamon and May, they're doing this presentation. And they do the thing. They're talking about experiences being experienced by everyone. Experience, experience. And it was just a funny parallel because Zuckerberg has actually basically made that speech now in real life. But uh, the actual quote portion is... Knowledge is a basic human right. Access to all possible human experience is a basic human right.
0: Yeah, I it's terrifying to me.
1: And that's what that human right is what winds up killing. And the only possible solution to that death as we already stated is the implementation of more technology because they've already got this premise and they're not going to deviate or even question their premise. Ever at all.
0: Uh, based on what we had to kind of skip over when they're like when the ah, Karen Gillian character ran away or ran out was when they were saying that we have to we're going to utilize this because voting in governments it's so messy why are we letting governments be in charge of that well, we already have all the information and all the data because everyone across the globe is is a member of this already so why don't we take that and we're going to move we're going to move voting uh remove the voting rosters, making sure everyone in the world votes. We're gonna make voting compulsory through our system. Like eh, eh, forcing every member of the, of the world to have to be involved and play in playing the game with us. Because look, we're we're a private company, you know, we, we've got the best interests of our stockholders in here. We're not like a government. We're not you're not here for tyranny. <laughs> Meanwhile you're just like that sounds a lot like government what you're doing, but
1: they've got the they got the democracy bug. At least, they, at least they think they do. But they all... You mean the good bug? The good bug? Yeah, right. No, I mean that the people in the company so much in today's world. it's Isn't it funny how enthusiastic for democracy people with a lot of power seem to be? Never rub anyone the wrong way. Well, that's going on in this movie. They're all like, oh, democracy is what we is the answer to tyrants and atrocities all over the world. And the only way that we can ever have pure democracy is if our company manufactures and basically monopolizes the technological systems that were so... so the planet, because then we'll have total human awareness. And when we have total human awareness, we will have actual democracy because everyone can participate objectively. That's the theory. And it's...
0: Well, and, you know, we can take out all these little... All these little groups, you know, we're, it's it's we're, we're keeping an eye on the governments because you know we everyone can see everything, and so you know we're all becoming part of the global community. We're not part of like individual places anymore because you know we we all deserve to have a say in what happens in every corner of the world.
1: Right, we've moved past that. We've moved past privacy. I think at one point someone says something to that effect. You know, privacy is obsolete, or the time for privacy is over. Now it's and be transparent
0: which is something i keep feeling more and more happening in everyday life not even in the course of this movie like that's becoming a concept that um is it the my the guys over at Kingpilled, uh it's a podcast i friends with uh some of the people on they uh they're kind of along the way well this is the way the world is going we better just get used to it that privacy is a thing of the past and in so many ways, like that's not something that we as people should let happen. Because certain things are meant to be private. No one needs to know and experience the love between me and my wife because they couldn't contextualize it anyways. You know, things of that nature.
1: Yeah. You sell it you sell it about the the little boy in the wheelchair who can never go swimming or whatever, and you pull at everyone's heartstrings when you get them on board with this idea that well privacy doesn't really belong to you your experiences should be everyone's you appreciate what the loss of privacy means i mean you really need to sit down and think real hard about all the implications that pri- the loss of privacy means there's no opting out like in the actual future that this to there's no opting out you are all being watched permanently and if you even so much as deviate from anything then what's going to happen to you? Are you going to get mercered? Who knows? They don't really address it doesn't sound like it's going to be good.
0: Well, we're, we're getting close to, to the end of time here. And to kind of drawn around, ultimately, the, how the movie ends is Mays realizes that the people in charge of this company probably aren't any better than the politicians. And so she kind of sets it up so that they, the, the two owners, uh, Tom Hanks, and the other one... <laughs>
1: Pat Oswald. Yes,
0: which I also <laughs> was excited to see him be a slimy, terrible person. Right. Because I feel that way about him in life. Basically, they're the two guys that have been running this thing and using it as their way to, for world domination. And she turns it on them and makes them both go or transparent and gives out all of the files and all of the super secret things that they've been talking about in rooms behind even the Gang of 40 and their wives and the all the encrypted stuff that only they know. And you're thinking, cool. She gets why privacy, like gets what's necessary here, and that we have to be at odds with the people in control of this. But then she says, says, "No, we're sending the whole thing worldwide, and now everyone is going to be clear and transparent." And to me, it was so jarring that any movie could possibly end that way. Like I, immediately like, okay, so the CIA wrote them and said, "You can't end the movie the way you're ending it. This is how this has to end." But the thing it's that last moment that's a real juxtaposition to me where it opens up with her in the kayak and it closes with her in the kayak. Only thing is, is when it closes with her in the kayak, there's just drones flying around her everywhere monitoring her, seeing what's going on. And she's just smiling, waving at them like, oh, what a, what a happy, nice day out here in the water I'm having. But I'm not alone. The world is with me. It's kind of the feeling that you're supposed to get from this moment. And it's like, it it doesn't appear to you that the drones are ruining what could be a legitimate peaceful moment of, rec- of, um, of you know grappling with you in nature instead you have to be focused on everyone else in the world which should be a singular moment it it was a very frustrating frustrating way to end the movie and it felt it felt forced uh, moreover when she does this you you think that she's going to realized that Ty is right and that people deserve to have their own lives be their own lives. And instead, she flipped a script on the guy who created the software and no nah, man, everyone's going to be transparent now. Which was just such a big middle finger to this guy that had helped her in so many ways. It was definitely frustrating.
1: At one point, Eamon, Tom Hanks, says that he believes in the perfectibility of man, which is a utopian concept intrinsically. The idea that the human being can actually be quote-unquote perfected. And right there, I mean, what does perfect mean? No one ever bothers to actually ask that. But uh, nonetheless, he says that he believes in the man, and of course, the way to get to that point of perfectibility is through advanced technology, namely this panopticon technology that we're going to be more perfect and then eventually actually perfect if we're watching each other because that means more accountability. Eamon himself is not being watched. So he's developed this sort of totalitarian philosophy and he's actually created the means to achieve it and yet him and his business partner they're the last of the old world and may is the person she's like the young god who comes up and rises against the tyranny of the titans and says well okay you've created the world but you've become tyrannical with it in your old age for me the force of youth to come and complete your vision." She picks up the mantle from them in a way. She takes their technology, gets rid of them, and then truly democratizes it. She actually does what she wanted to do. Yes. And that's a very ancient and mythological theme.
0: There's the quite one of the things that we got stuck on when we were talking about this in the group was now is this is there the benevolence in her, or is this because she realized that now she can have the power herself? Because she's been the first person who's transparent. The whole world knows who she is. She can guide people with her voice because people listen to her. The, the, just because everyone is available doesn't mean everyone's going to be paid attention to. You know, Celebrity's still celebrity. People crave that shit. So is, is this just her way of taking control of, of the situation for personal gain? Or is she still a true believer? And I, I'm going to be honest, it's tough to tell one way or the other.
1: It is. The writing of the movie doesn't make it clear where she's at, but I mean, <laughs> realistically... I mean, based on all the decisions she's made in the previous,
0: she's made the wrong decision on everything yeah. for true believer reasons. So.
1: It, 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 look, okay, let's say she's a true believer. Let's give her the benefit of the doubt and say she really truly believes that this is the best thing she's still gonna become. She's still got that power. She's still going to succeed because she's actually a human being. She's not God. She's going to wind up being in a similar situation as Eamon. It just might take a little longer because she's still young. Then again, maybe not.
0: Well, even if she doesn't, guess what? Not everyone's going to want to be in this situation. And then someone's going to learn how to hack and take control of it. Like it's, you can't stay omnipotent and have all of the incentives aren't there. We'll just put it that way. The incentives to not get control of that don't exist. All incentives direct people to want to take control of that. Which is why you have to have decentralized power in any kind of situation like this. And they don't.
1: <laughs> right. I, I think theoretically, like their sales pitch is that this is the ultimate in decentralization. Everyone's watching everyone else. And so where could the power lie? Well, I'll tell you where. For example, Ty at the beginning takes May down, as you said, to the subway station, the old subway station. We have this impression that the internet are actually these sorts of ethereal things. They're not, they are physical computers and they're big and they require a lot of energy. So there's a weak point in your system right there.
0: What, what is, what is the word cloud just means someone else's computer?
1: Yeah, exactly. It's literally true. And he, when he shows her these big computers, it's like the, one of these things is bigger than the eye can see. And he's like, yeah, that's just for like one bitch, you know, yeah. <laughs> we're just getting started. And I'm like, okay, well, where's this power coming from? Where are the plastics and metals coming from to make these computers? Blah, 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 blah. You could go on and on about what it actually oh, yeah, takes to run we started not started
0: on how everything is environmentalism, Danny. I guess that's, that's how this ended the last time I talked about this movie was an, an hour of me screaming about the, <laughs> the environment.
1: Well, my only point in bringing it up is to say that despite the idea that this is all decentralized and we're all watching each other, Eh, who controls the power?
0: Well, moreover that is that most people don't want to be in control of other people's lives. They just want to be left alone. And there's a certain type of person that wants control and wants to be in charge of other people's lives. And so the worst among us are going to end up being the ones that control everything inevitably. Because they're the ones that are going to point out the, the moments of weakness in people. And they're the ones that are going to do their best to wear the mask longer. They're the ones that are going to find the ways to hide in the cracks. So inevitably, I mean, that's why governments, it's why governments suck in the first place because inevitably it's the worst people that you don't want to have power that seek power. And in the, the the way that this panopticon is set up, it's not going to be any different. It's just going to be the same kind of thing.
1: It can't not be in my opinion. And also just think of on a more, I guess, mundane level. Imagine being 100% of the time, I think that the human body is probably just going to react to that situation with stress. Like we said, everything that she did while she was transparent was a performance. And you can't... We see this in her friend Annie, who got her the job. Sure, she plays the game for a while, but eventually she's burnt out and has to go back to Scotland or whatever to cool off and be alone. And the sort of world that May has now basically done on everyone is... I think inevitably going to wind up in everyone being burnt out, and it's like, all right, well then is all this just like a big conspiracy to raise people's cortisol levels so they all die early deaths? Because that's if everything you do is being watched and commented on in real time by a bunch of losers across the planet,
0: that's probably going to raise your heart levels. Well, well, Danny, what's even worse
1: if it's not commented on? Oh, don't even! I don't even want to think about that. I have zero views.
0: <laughs> like, you're so mundane that no one on this planet is interested in watching your life and interacting with it.
1: Not even your mom. Your mom doesn't even want to watch your stream.
0: Exactly. And it, there's no positive way for it to end for everybody. Yeah.
1: It's just, it's going to end and badly. Right. One way or another, the human race is going extinct for the end of this movie. Unless someone figures out how to pull the plug, but I don't know. It's a weird one, man. This is—I'm glad you recommended it to me. There's a lot there.
0: Well, like I said, even we've we've we've, we've for over an hour, and I'm like, I really feel like we've barely touched on it. I mean, we've got the the broad strokes, and you know, we've said Panopticon a whole shitload of times, so people hopefully will go and look that up. But I mean. We haven't even gotten into like really in depth in some of the relationships and the way people react and interact in this movie, which is so driven by the way that this the, – the new technology forces them to be. It's like technology is supposed to help people, but it often ends up creating, p- creating the people and making them be the way that the technology wants them to be.
1: It's – and the way the technology wants them to be is – all predicated on this utilitarian idea of the greatest good for the greater number. Therefore, the individual must be subsumed into that greater good so that their interests align with the greater good. Personally, I prefer it where they're just trying to sell me shit because at least I get the stuff I want. Right, no, this is all about, oh, save the planet. This is going to get rid of tyranny forever. You know, creating the, objectively speaking, the largest and most potent, potent tyranny In the history of the planet, we'll stop all tyranny.
0: I was going to say, we're going to get rid of tyranny by creating perfect tyranny.
1: (laughs) Exactly. That's the goal. And the irony is completely lost on all of these douchebag millennials at the circle. You know, they're just, oh, excited. Isn't it wonderful? At one point, oh, I did want to mention this. At one point, she's showing her transparent viewers this sculpture, this modernist style sculpture that's at the circle and it's your modern art, like it's abstract and goofy, and it's got a bunch of, uh, handcuffs hanging off of it. And about how, well, this symbolizes the oppression of such and such nation and their evil dictator, blah, blah, blah. And we, because of our outreach from the circle, we have sent 280 million frowns at, the, like frowns is how they're combating dictatorship. And one of the, one of the, uh, Comments pops up like, "Oh, I'm so proud that the circle is standing up to dictatorship," but it's just the same vapid first world, real world problems that you see so much in the modern world, where we're well, we're going to posture that we're against totalitarianism, that we're against fascism, and it all just rings so hollow. And that that scene really talking about frowns and whatnot.
0: Oh, absolutely! Once again. This is this kid shit. Like, we're supposed to leave this behind when we're children.
1: Yeah. Well, what does John Taylor Gatto talk about? Let's get him in here. John Taylor Gatto talks about the artificial extension of adolescence being a major, major function of school as being beneficial to sorts of tyrannical forces that exist.
0: Look, let's not talk too much about that because we are guys in our 20s and 30s talking about science fiction movies surrounded by books and movies true uh we 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 clearly are active collectors and (laughs)
1: yes that's
0: true maybe extended our real adolescence longer than we probably should have it's not wrong though
1: it's not wrong it's not wrong i'm not going to say that i'm i'm uh perfect i don't believe in the perfectibility of man i'm flawed i have my childish uh, i will
0: i will own that shit i'm flawed like you would not believe so uh what are we what are we talking about next week we we put any thought into it
1: so i recommended there's i have two ideas and I'm, I'm wondering which one you want to go with the first thing i thought to do the whistleblower from the 80s which isn't like a sci-fi kind of thing it's a more mundane kind of political thriller type of movie which the reason it's relevant to utopianism in that it's lifestyle depiction of how actual government powers and intelligence agencies operate in the real world to uphold the status quo. So there's that. Uh, and then the other one, Midsummer. Have you seen that? The horror movie. Yeah. The like culty. <sighs> so I'm
0: going to finally have to watch this crap. Yeah. Uh, okay. I I'll watch it. I'll watch it for the sake of talking about it. I've been putting it off for what two years now because it looks so bad, and everyone I I hear talk about it, I'm I'm just I'm already like, oh, I'm gonna hate this lead character so much. It's He's so awful.
1: It's a lot like this movie, the circle. <laughs> like, it's a lot like the circle.
0: Okay, well, I'll I'll, I'll do it, I'll do it for the the sake of this, Danny, because <laughs> I'm a horror movie guy. It's got those elements to it, mm-hmm. uh, you know. I'm glad. Glad I did watch the ritual beforehand, which is a far better movie. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'm telling you. So,
0: you know what we should do is we should uh, we should watch the whistleblower and maybe put behind some kind of paywall or something, or some bonus content for people that want to, to wanna help us out and help spread the word about the show.
1: Okay. Okay. I like that. So, what you're saying is we're going to be liars and keep it secret our ideas on the whistleblower. Yes.
0: I will. I will own that.
1: I will be a liar. you are going to steal that experience from wheelchair boys.
0: Apparently, apparently that is uh that is the kind of men we are. So.
1: All right. Well, don't go driving your truck off any bridges. If I do, it wasn't me that did it. I swear.
0: Look for some, look, look for something in the car. I don't know, a computer or something.
1: All right.
0: I feel like we should have something quippy for our people. Like, Hey, watch your back. Yeah.
1: Oh, watch God, your back
0: and watch science fiction
1: <laughs> you're right we should have a, a little sign-off tagline <laughs> i got nothing
0: oh i'll work on it
1: okay <laughs> it's a, take it easy
0: folks all right till next